I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is really I'm just sad. Really Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Bling, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. So uh, on this episode of The Gloom, uh, I've got um, just a, a guy that I, I've noticed uh, as a high impact man since I met him, uh, but he helped to lead uh, our Shost Shank CSOP, uh, helped to uh, plant, uh, grow and serve at the Trident AO. So it was the founder of that site, um, just recently uh, passed the show flag and uh, was, was cool to see that event, but we got our man Roadhouse on the gloom today so roadhouse i'm super excited to see you and, and excited for this conversation uh wonder if you would just start us off with um that first workout who eh uh, what was that first workout like and uh, where'd you where'd you get the name where's the name come from yeah well uh plague i appreciate you having me uh long time listener first time caller you know uh excited to be on so uh so yeah, so uh, let's see, October of 2019, I got a new coworker uh, at Home Instead by the name of uh, Chadwick Bruff. Uh, you guys may know him as uh, Wait Time. And, uh, you know, he started kind of just whispering in my ear about this thing that he does. Um, mentioned it was, you know, early in the morning. Uh, mentioned it was outside. And uh, both of those didn't seem great uh, options for me. Uh, and then it was January of 2020, and, uh, you know, I found myself uh, in the worst shape of my life, like, uh, weighed more than I ever had, had a two-year-old son uh, that I was trying to, you know, just try to hopefully get in better shape for. Uh, and so January 25th, he got me out there. Uh, so January 1st workout, uh, which was, you know, I think it was seven degrees uh, and here's how he got me. He said, listen, I know 530 is early. How about Saturday at the Oracle, 7 a.m.? Uh, and I live right by Boys Town. So he's like, it's close and it's at 7. So just come on out. And so I showed up. Uh, I was nervous. I didn't know what kind of uh, group it was going to be. Candidly, I thought it might be a bunch of meatheads uh, trying to figure out who can do more push-ups. Uh, and then first guy I met was room service with this gorgeous mustache. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's awesome. Uh, then I saw a couple of guys that I actually knew from uh, pre-F3. And for the next hour, wait time ran us around Boys Town. We did about 600 monkey humpers. Uh, I was done. I was shot. Uh, but I, I came back, and it's been an awesome journey. Um, been, a, been a life changer for me. And the name Roadhouse, I, you know, I, I have wondered this myself. Where, how did we get to Roadhouse? How did we end up there? Yeah, so wait time gave me the advice, don't try to name yourself, right? So I just went in and, you know, at the time, the, the biggest thing in my life was my son, Bodie. Uh, and I named my son Bodie after Patrick Swayze's character from Point Break. And apparently you guys already had a Point Break. Uh, I haven't seen him in the gloom in three years, uh, but there was a Point Break. So uh, Chicklets took one look at me and said, Roadhouse. And... Uh, I loved it, and I've loved it ever since. Uh, I've got my fair share of Patrick Swayze 
uh, memes and gifts over the last couple of years uh, that have really filled my bucket. So that's awesome. And so that I, you know, one of the things I was going to try to ask you about was you've you've always um, been drawn to kind of the the sexier workouts, right? The, there's been some element of uh, so is it the monkey humpers at your first workout that kind of drew you to that, or is it just is it Pat, Patrick Swayze, or what's been the inspiration behind um, some of some of what I think we call F3 Omaha's sexiest beatdowns, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, I deliver without, you know, the sexiest beatdowns out there. Um, you know, I just think for a lot of us who show up in the gloom, you know, uh, sometimes we come for the fitness part, uh, the fellowship, the faith. But I think a big part that we don't always talk about is like just this kind of getting back to kind of who we are and kind of that swag that we once had and maybe lost a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, whether you're doing some oh yeahs or some pickle pushers and you're just looking into another man's eyes, uh, dry hump in the earth, I, I feel I feel like it gets you back to who you were. And so I just, I enjoy, I always said in my workouts, my beatdowns will constantly move and will laugh a lot. And if those two things happen, then I think it's a good morning. Yeah, I love that. You know, so you mentioned um, kind of your maybe a, a preconceived idea, like you'd be um, coming into a group of maybe a, a bunch of meatheads or guys that are like all about the fitness piece. And, and it sounds like that was that was not the case. What um, what was your experience as you engaged with guys at that first workout? Yeah, you know, obviously I knew wait time, uh, ran into a couple people. I knew Vandalay previously. Uh, I knew... Um, uh, placebo back in college. Uh, and so, you know, seeing a couple guys that I knew, but just, you know, the encouragement, the excitement around a new guy, like, you know, I hadn't felt that since high school sports, right. Or since intramural sport, like, I mean, that's the, and I know wait time had said that to me. It's a, a bunch of guys who miss playing sports and like having that, that team environment. And, you know, when people are genuinely excited, you're there and, um, seem to, enjoy your presence and welcome you like that. Uh, we don't get a lot of opportunities to do that as men in our 30s and 40s, I don't think. Um, and so it, it just, I felt welcomed right away. Uh, and then just the relationships that you build, um, you know, you mentioned before we started recording, you know, be as vulnerable as you want. You know, I think the, the vulnerability of the packs is what drew me in. I think it was uh, a COT by slow pitch early on where he was just talking about like all his challenges and where he needs to get better. And as a husband and a dad and a, and a friend. And I was like, wow, this guy's really burying his soul. Uh, and I was like, this is awesome. Like you just don't get this anywhere else. And so I was, you know, after, after a few beatdowns, but more importantly, probably the COTs I was in um, just cause it was guys trying to get better. And that's what I was trying to do. I have to ask, because I, I think wait time confirmed this was true, but you mentioned in the, the shovel pass that you you asked him, uh, maybe it was after your first cue, like, is, is there an opportunity to just do COTs? <laughs> so is it, uh, tell me about that, the COTs. Yeah. You. So, uh, you know, for for my job, I, I, I speak a lot. I do a lot of teaching and training and, and public speaking and uh, do some MC stuff on the side. And so... Um, the COTs drew me right away. And I was like, man, I, I would love to deliver, you know, some cool messages in the, in the morning and, you know, maybe inspire people, get people fired up. But I had zero history of exercising. 
like I, I never, you know, I, I donated a monthly fee to the gym for 12 years, uh, but that was more of a charitable donation because I never attended. Uh, so I, I asked him, I said, hey, anyway, I can just do COTs and not lead the workout. And he shook his head. There's no chance. Like you have to lead a workout. And so pretty quick. So I joined January 25th was my first day. Uh, early March was my first queue at Paradise. And that's a whole nother story that we can get into because uh, that was the day that the earth stopped. Uh, and it was our last uh, post for what, what was it? 50 days, I think, yeah. uh, with the pandemic. Yeah. Well, so before I do want to hear about that first cue, because I think that that'll be a good story. But how did you get over the because initially, right, you you the 530 in the morning was kind of too early. So what what drew you in or how how I guess how did you bridge the gap to your second post? What was that journey like for you? Was that kind of a mental battle or, or how did you get to that second post, second and third and so on? Yeah. So I, candidly, I've always been a morning person. I like mornings. Um, I'm usually at my best in the mornings. Um, and with my schedule, it's probably the only way that it works out. Uh, I had someone close to me uh, when I told them that I was thinking about doing this. Uh, they said, well, if you ever get up, you know, good luck. And that was in my head for a while. That, like, that was motivation for me. Like, this person didn't think I'd get up and go. Um, but the big thing for me was the accountability. Like, once you get to know these guys, like, you know, when, when I tell someone via text on a Tuesday night that I'll be at Paradise on Wednesday, like, those times where you fart sack or oversleep, it's the worst feeling. Like, it's guilt, you know, and I, I was raised Catholic, so I'm familiar with guilt. But it's just like, oh, I'm so sorry I left you out there. And they're like, it's okay, there were 20 other guys. But I was like, I know, but I told you I'd be there. You know, it's, that accountability is huge. I don't, you know, I used to think failure was my biggest fear, uh, but I've done it so often that I don't think I, I can be that afraid of it. I think disappointing someone is probably it for me. And to disappoint someone and to not show up when you told them you would, to me, that's that's enough to get me out of bed at 4.30. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, it is, it does something different when you're like, well, I'm, I'm almost like I'm letting other people down, right? Or there's this like feeling of like, you know, and I, I do love the response that, um, that you mentioned is like most of the time the guy's like well I missed you but it was okay right there were <laughs> I wasn't alone uh you know um tell me a little bit so your fitness journey it sounds like really took off right because you said you from a fitness perspective you were not really in good shape but then started working out and did you find the workouts challenging or difficult or or how, how was that for you yeah I uh so I've never I've never really had a consistent exercise program. You know, I'd work out for two weeks and then not again for three years. Um, you know, I mostly stayed active by playing, you know, basketball leagues and volleyball leagues and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, that January, geez, I was 220 pounds. Um, I graduated high school at 140. So I was 80 pounds heavier than I was when I was a senior in high school. And uh, one of the motivations was, you know, I, I don't have a great family history. My, my two grandfathers died in their 40s. And, uh, you know, having Bodie at 40, like that's just not an option to not be around that long. So that was really motivation for me uh, to, to get in better shape, to get healthier. And I did, you know, I had to take a, a hard reflection at how I was going to become someone who gets up at 430 in the morning, and go work, goes and works out. One was I had to stop drinking every night. Um, that was a big one. I'd eat better. I'd sleep better. Uh, 
you know, I still do those things in moderation. Uh, I can still get after it if I need to, but like, it just, I'm just healthier and in a better spot. Um, and that's great having a four-year-old son who constantly wants to go, you know, um, that's the, that's the motivation. My dad was always the, the fit, strong, cool dad with the awesome mustache, similar to yours. And, uh, you know, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror pre-F3, and I was like, God, yeah, Bodie saw me right now with his buddies. He'd be like, oh, yeah, my dad's that soft, chubby, fat dude over there uh, with the beer in his hand. And I was like, man, that's not what I, you know, the way that I looked at my dad when I was a kid. I was, if Bodie sees one-tenth of that when he looks at me, that would be the dream, right? And so I just wanted to, to be better for him. Uh, I, I love that. I, I love, too, and I think um, – you have you've done a really good job of sharing uh, some of your journey with with your son as a father. Um, you know, I know I've seen a few tweets every now and then of like kind of adventures with Bodhi uh, type of thing, and I, I think it's just really cool, especially um, to realize like that's one of our main reasons for being here, right? For if we have children, right, we we've got to uh, be here for our our children, our wives, you know, and. Um, think about like the concentrica when it comes to f3 q source stuff and um i find myself forgetting right like work is work is easy to like do a task and feel important but it's those moments that you can't really measure with with your kids and your loved ones that are, are so cool so i love that you called that out what about um you know as you started so you so you we get to like okay now you're engaged right you're going multiple times a week and then um you have your first cue was it very was it convinced like was there convincing that needed to happen before you were ready to lead or you were kind of like this is awesome I want to be a part of it or how'd that go well so wait time <clears throat> excuse me wait time I wanted to coax you and I was like okay well that's a nice kind of toe in the, the swimming pool right like he'll be there to lean on and um and so I he said hey you know you design the workout just let me know what you need and so I I, I probably sent him 80 texts that night before like hey what, is, what do you think of this what do you think of this what do you think of this and what's funny, and this typically is how it goes when I queue, I knew what the COT was. I knew what my COT was. I had no idea what the workout was going to be. And, you know, you, I don't know if you felt this way, but the first time you queue, you don't want to be a jerk and make it impossible, but you also don't want to be like, geez, that wasn't a workout at all. Like, I was really trying to balance this line between, you know, not burying the guys, but also giving them a good workout. And then being someone who didn't exercise much my entire life, I was like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. Um, so I was nervous. I don't think I slept at all. Uh, and then I get there, it was at paradise and I get there and uh, wait time pulls me aside and says, Hey, uh, we're shutting down after this because of COVID. So this is the last workout in a while. And I took a minute to look around the circle and tater tots got tears in his eyes. Slow pitch is crying. Uh, you know, Sparty was like, and I was like, what is, this is my first workout and this is the last workout ever. Like, I didn't know, you know, who knew what was going to happen. And so uh, I remember wait time said, uh, you know, maybe because of everything going on, we should split up into two groups. And I think there were only like 13 guys there. And I remember Tater Todd said, with all due respect, uh, we're going to do this one together. And uh, it was pouring rain. So it was raining. It was paradise. It was the last workout before the shutdown. Uh, and we just went. And we were, at one point, we were laying in the middle of uh, Regency Parkway in a puddle doing uh, Turkish get-ups. And Bubbles was like, what are we doing? Like, there's traffic coming. I'm like, just keep going. We're good. Uh, and then we got done. 
and I, the COT that I wanted to deliver uh, went well, but it was also kind of that emotional, like you could tell people were emotional about what was going on. Uh, so I'll never forget. I mean, it was a morning. And then we went inside to Paradise and sat there for an hour and a half. And guys were crying. The, the coffee guy came out and he was tearing up. Like when the coffee barista starts tearing up, you know, it's an emotional morning. Um, and it was just crazy. And and then I started doing some of the small workouts, uh, kind of the off-the-record workouts. And I, candidly, I think that's what really solidified me, you know, um, in this group. Because uh, I was so bummed that we were shutting down because I just started getting some momentum around it, you know. And I was like, well, what are we going to do? And I remember wait time said something along the lines of, you know, we're shutting down, but on Monday I'll be at the Murph. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll be at the Murph too. So, so then we have a guy, a group of guys at the Murph. So, man, it was a crazy morning, uh, a ton of fun. I, uh, it was, it was, uh, I did an anniversary one of that one uh, at the Berm last year. Did the same workout, and it was just a one of those mornings I don't think I'll ever forget. I love that. It, it's so fascinating to like think back on just what was going on in the world and how it impacted and. You know, curious when you think back to kind of that time, because you so so fitness wise, you're cruising along and then you're and then like fellowship starting to kick off and then it's like we shut down. But what, what's been your experience with fellowship? I mean, did the did the pandemic and some of the kind of smaller groups actually build stronger relationships for you or, or how did that work out? Yeah, I think it did. Um, you know, kind of our little core group that would work out, um, you know, wait time, tater tot, slow pitch, big one. Um, Sparty, like we just, you know, I, I'd get, we'd start texting, right? Like, you know, um, it was funny knowing I was coming on this. Uh, I think I got about 30 F3 texts this morning uh, from different guys. Uh, and I was like, wow, like that's, that's 30 guys that I didn't even know a couple years ago, you know? So, um, and, you know, one part of my group of, buddies that I've always had like our thing was kind of you know partying and um going out drinking having fun and it was, listen we had a ton of fun but there are times where it's like you know there's got to be more to this and uh you know to the fellowship of a bunch of guys wanting to get better whether it's work or being a dad or being a husband or getting in better shape like that's just a that's a tribe I'd like to be a part of you know um and again, back to the vulnerability, that that really drew me in. Like, because you just don't see that. You know, I grew up in a household uh, with two older brothers and a dad. So leaders were tough and strong. And we watched Sylvester Stallone movies and Bruce Willis movies. And they did it by themselves and they didn't need any help. So that's what my picture of leadership was growing up. But as I've gotten older and learned uh, a couple things, to me, being vulnerable is the, the greatest thing you can do as a leader. Uh, to admit that you don't know, to say that you are wrong, to to admit that you have, you know, deficiencies, like, and to be willing to ask for help. And so once I saw that that was the, the, the kind of group it was, and it wasn't a competitive, and it wasn't, you know, uh, bravado and machismo, and, you know, uh, that really attracted me to this group. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I'm right there with you. You know, I think um, it's kind of like it, as we're as we're maturing and I, I'm 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 not sure if you've read Free to Lead or not. I, I hope you have. But I think, you know, they talk about it in there. And I think you, you as you're reading that book, you kind of 
you're reading your own story almost and you, you kind of see it happening right that if if we don't find something different to relate to um other than kind of the you know going out or you know partying scene i mean and and i'm not you know i'm i'm sober but i'm not against people that still drink but i think there's got to be some other element to our relationships um i certainly have a lot of friends that that was the only thing we had in common and i think if, if you're in that sort of space then that's that can be kind of dangerous but i want to ask because you have a, a unique um you know kind of relationship because wait time right it, was he your boss when he came into or he was kind of like in a parallel department or yeah, so he, he wasn't my boss. He was, um, if we looked at the org chart, uh, he was much higher up than me, uh, okay. but just different departments. Um, sure. I've been at Home Instead longer. Uh, I just, I've been there 13 years. It'll be three for him uh, in October. Uh, but he, he came in at a, a high level. So we, we knew each other a little bit. Um, and actually what got me was he, the new employees come through a, a week-long training that I do. And so we were together all day, every day for five days. And he kept just, hey, what are you doing tomorrow morning? What are you doing tomorrow morning? And so, um, you know, he, he says, and I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe this, but there was a happy hour during his interview process. Um, and I stopped by because uh, I'm pretty close with the team that he uh, joined. And he was like, the second I saw you, I knew you were F3 guy. And I was like, no, no, you didn't. Like, there's, there's no way. And he, he you know. Who knows how many guys he said that to? Like, I mean, you know, that's that's probably his pickup line uh, at the bar when it comes to F three guys. But you know, him and I just kind of clicked right away uh, and have become really great friends. And you know, I said this uh, when I passed the flag the other day. You know, he saw something in me that I, I don't know if I had seen. Right? Uh, I didn't know if I had that ability to to do some of the things that he thought I could do. And it's uh, it's been impactful for me. I'll never forget. Uh, outside of F3. So I, I, won a, I won an award at work last year. And he comes down to my office. He was more excited than I was. And like, yeah. I haven't had a lot of relationships like that where someone was like more excited for me getting something than they were if they would have gotten it or more excited than I actually was. And that was a moment where I was like, wow, this guy seems to really care about me, you know? And he's been a, he's been a great friend and a mentor to me. So yeah. I how do you think, you know, because I, there was a time in my life where uh, Tonight Show was my kind of the boss I was directly reporting to, and now he's like two layers above me, but I, my, in my experience, it was like almost, um, it made work like so much better, because I was like, you know, see you in the morning, we're working out, and, and like, you know, and kind of applying F3, you know, jargon or concepts to our, you know, leadership at work, and so our relationship really, really grew, and course now there's somebody in the middle so i don't know if that's uh the same but what was that the same experience for you i feel like it, it's like enables us to do things at work that we maybe wouldn't do otherwise yeah i think it you know probably once a day i'll, I'll just swing by his office and just you know hey how was your workout this morning where'd you go because we don't you know for, so, i don't know if this is how most guys are but since he eh'd me like my first like 20 workouts i was like all right where are you going i'm wearing i'm going where you're going Right. Yeah. But then you get comfortable going with other guys and going to other places. Um, so now it's like checking in on, you know, how the workout was. And then we actually had Sweet Roll just start at our company. So, you know, he walks by my office. I'm like, Sweet Roll. And, you know, everyone's like, what did you just call him? I'm like, oh, sorry. We call him Sweet Roll. Is that, you know, is that cool? Um, and so, you know, it's, it's fun seeing those guys. Uh, we've we've a couple guys from the office. Not all of them have stuck, but. You know, they'll say, hey, you know, 
how's that workout thing going? You still doing that thing? Uh, and you know, it's, what's, what's crazy is since I started, um, F3, I'm down about 35 pounds. And so, and that was during the pandemic where we were all working remotely. So now everyone starts coming back to the office. They're like, geez, what happened to you? I'm like, oh yeah, I work out in the mornings now. So that's something I do. So that's that's always, you forget, you forget about that. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, the other thing I think that that's so cool is just hearing that leadership journey and, um, you know, cause it sounds like just, just somebody else, uh, having like a belief in you, right. was such a valuable thing and, and maybe propelled you in the, the workspace or, um, even in family life, but curious. So talk to me a little bit about as you engage with F3, we kind of get out of the pandemic and then, and then now you're ready to launch a new site. I mean, what was your experience there with, you know, kind of the pick site, the launch, and then, um, you know, I think you mentioned in the shovel pass, but just, um, how do you feel like that kind of helped you gain confidence or grow as a leader? Yeah, well, uh, I found myself in Wait Time's basement with him and Tater Tot. Uh, and, you know, they, they were like, hey, let's talk about the future of F3. I'm like, okay, like, what do you need me to, like, bartend? Or, like, what, what, why am I there? Why am I invited to this get-together? Uh, and, you know, they, they talked about, hey, we're thinking about opening some sites. Would, you know, what, what kind of role would you want? And I was like, wow, like, you know, I never saw myself as, you know, someone who'd be a leader in the group. And, um, you know, even in my career, I've always considered myself more of a doer, right? Like, let me just do stuff and then, you know, kind of lead by example. Um, so then, you know, the, the, the location of the Trident came up, the Tri-Faith area, um, you know, big one. And uh, a couple other guys had kind of started doing some, just some little workouts around that area. And it's 45 seconds from my house. So that's great. Uh, and then the one thing I loved was just the whole concept of the Tri-Faith Campus, you know, to have those three churches there. And the more I did research on it, it's the only Tri-Faith Campus in the world. Yeah. And I was like, and, and I kept going back to open to all men, right? And if, you know, candidly, if you look around our group, most of us look pretty similar, uh, but, but we are open to all men, right? I mean, we, we're open to, you know, whether it's religion, whether it's race, whether it's, you know, sexuality, whatever it is, you're... You, you're there. And so I thought it just represented um, really well one of our core principles of who we are, being open to anyone who wants to work on getting better. Um, and so we, you know, next thing you know, I remember Tater Tot was like, so you, you want to open on April 20th? And it was like March 28th. I'm like, what? Okay. And uh, so we did a couple pop-ups, uh, terrified that no one would show up. I think we got like 25 guys at each pop-up. And then we launched April 20th uh, last year, 47 guys show up, uh, a morning, another morning I won't forget, just a, just a blast. The workout was probably the worst one I've ever led. Like it was just, I was all over the place. Uh, I don't think anyone broke a sweat, but it was just a lot of fun. Uh, and then, you know, I, I remember asking Hardhat, you know, to be a site queue, like, you know, how much commitment is it? How much work is it? He's like, fill the queue schedule. That's really, I mean, that's the major thing you have to do. Now, you know, how much you're engaged on Twitter and how much you do some other things. And I obviously, I obviously had a lot of fun with uh, Twitter and uh, this last year from the Trident. But, you know, it's like, okay, it just seems like I got to get a bunch of guys to, to lead. And I didn't ask anyone to lead for about six months. Like, guys were just like, hey, can I lead the Trident? Sure. Awesome. And so uh, 
it was natural. It was fun. Uh, I loved, you know, kind of being in a, a different role a little bit. Uh, but just asking guys to come out and, and seeing guys lead and asking them to get weird a little bit because uh, that's what we do at the Trident. And people embraced it and had fun with it. And uh, I remember I was in uh, Denver, Colorado last July, and Slick happened to be there at the same time. So we met up for a beer, some rooftop bar. And uh, this was just three months after I opened. I said, hey, eventually I'm going to have to pass this thing. Like, I'd love it to be you. And he's like, oh, okay, well, let's think about this. And, you know, he, he pondered it for a while and eventually uh, uh, said, let's do it. And I can't think of a better guy to pass it to. It was, you know, me and Huffy and Toadstool and uh, Gobbler all started our sites the same week. And we all passed the same week as well. So we've kind of been texting about, you know, it, it's emotional, especially for four sites that we started you know, like to hand that over, to pass over that flag. It was even after that workout, not putting the flag in my car was such a weird feeling. Uh, you know, there's a sense of pride and accomplishment. There's also a, a sense of relief, a little bit of sadness, a little bit of, well, what do I do now? Right. And I've talked to other site cues who kind of have that what now after they, they, they pass the flag. And, you know, you look for other opportunities to lead and you know, you get taken off the Slack channel and, you know, whatever the case may be. So uh, I, I'm just, I'm excited to see what's next. Uh, and even if it's just showing up and just re-engaging as a member of the pack, so it sounds like a good, good ride. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do, I have to say the, the identity that you created for, for your site, for the Trident, um, giving guys a, a space to be weird, a space to like, let's, let's get back to some of the, that inner like childish, you know, like stuff that is, it's totally okay. It's, and a lot of feelings or emotions or things that we don't normally express, right. Cause we think it's not, it's not okay. And it totally is. And I, I love that. I also remember, um, and I, I didn't get to be there, but there was a, a workout you'd led in, I think it was danger zone or so, somewhere in Sarpy and you wore, you must've wore jean shorts uh to to cue the workout and i just remember hearing about that for weeks on end about um just the, it was a phenomenal workout and, and of course your cot was great there too but I, um what do you think inspires you to to like share that message of you know kind of be who you are um with with the packs where do you feel like that comes from you know i just i've always i'm just i'm just drawn to having fun like if we're not having fun what are we doing and i remember i think you know, early on, the, uh, some of the first beatdowns I went to, I was like, right, it's kind of kind of serious, right? Like, you know, there's some mumble chatter. But I think it was a cue, uh, I think Othello let a workout. And Othello, he's going to get weird with you and have fun. And I was like, man, okay, like this, it, it actually gave me permission to, okay, let's, let's get a little weird with this. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's, you know, wearing, and it wasn't jean shorts, it was full-on jeans uh, at the danger zone, Um uh, still a little chafed on my inner thighs from that workout. Uh, but that was one of the best mornings because I, you know, I didn't know any of the Sarpy guys. And then I show up in jeans and they're looking at me like I'm an idiot, but they embraced it. And they actually had started a streak of guys wearing jeans for a few weeks in a row. And then, you know, someone, you know, dropped the ball there. But, um, you know, especially the last couple of years of the pandemic, like if you can't get passionate and have fun about something, like what are, what are we here for? Um, you know, it's been a tough couple of years personally, professionally. And, you know, 
one of the lessons I take out of this is like find what brings you joy and happiness and do more of it. F3 has become one of those things for me, but also making people laugh and, and making people have fun and, and getting people out of their comfort zones. You know, that was my, that was my COT at the flag pass the other day is get out of your comfort zone, try new stuff. Um, whether it's a new site that you've never been to, whether it's queuing, um, whether it's stepping into a leadership role, like there's nothing but greatness on the other side of trying something new, even if it doesn't go well. And so, uh, like, let's, let's just own kind of our weirdness a little bit and, and, and just have fun and laugh. And, you know, if people aren't laughing at one of my cues then I, I, I feel like I didn't do a good job. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And that's the beauty of having all these different guys lead workouts, right? Is we're, we're all different. I, I often joke, like, it's hard for me to have fun, um, you know, because I spent a lot of time having too much fun. And so I'm like, finding the balance is hard. So I need guys like you to like, remind me like, hey, like, like life should be fun. And if you're, if you're taking yourself too seriously, you're doing it wrong. And, um, you know, Ponzi always gives me a hard time, right? I, I have tried to create a fun workout every once in a while and it's, uh, it's tough for me, but um, it's good to have good different neighbors. Well, it's difficult to have fun during a workout uh, when you're doing 150 burpees. So yeah. it's about balancing out, right? Like you gotta, you gotta figure out that balance plague. Like you can't, if we're doing burpees the whole time, no one's having fun. So right. yeah. you, know, you take, you take someone to Burpee Island, there's not going to be a lot of laughter there. Yeah. I, yeah, I have to remember that. I'm trying. I think I've gotten better by last couple. Um, I did like some dolphin uh, thing at the, the Trinet when I landed. Right? That wasn't too bad. Yeah, uh, that was. I, I want to talk to you a little bit. So I, a couple of questions. I, I do want to hear kind of your thoughts about um, what's next. You know, where do you where do you want to lead? Where do you see, um, you know, kind of your next uh, leadership journey? And then I would also love to hear you mentioned a couple things, um, you know, mentioned being raised uh, Catholic and kind of some some experience with guilt. Um, but you also um, I think this is the second time I feel like you've intentionally taken uh time to go away be alone and and reflect and there's a lot of spiritual growth there so i, I don't know which way you want to go first with that but just um, would love to get your thoughts kind of on that faith piece and then also where do you where do you see yourself going next or where do you want to lead next yeah so i'll i'll start with the the vision quests uh that i find myself on uh you know i uh I'll be honest, when uh, wait time told me what the three F's stood for, uh, the faith one was initially a, a turn off for me. Like, oh, what, do, what do you guys say, the rosary during the workouts? Like, I was like, come on. Uh, and someone who was raised Catholic, and you know, if you're raised Catholic, it's kind of forced upon you in, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and I always dug the stories from religion, uh, but there was a lot of stuff that I didn't love about it. Um, and so, you know, faith-wise, uh, I, I like believing in something bigger uh, than myself. I don't, I don't think I know what it is. Um, I think just being, I, I like believing in people, uh, believing in people's potential to get better and learn and grow and be a better version of themselves tomorrow than they are today. Um, but, you know, I, I've had uh, I've had some bumps in the road. So uh, these Last year, I took a, a, a little trip to Moab, and it was right after my, uh, my wife uh, filed for divorce. And so I just had to get away. I had to, I had to get out of there. Um, I traveled a lot for work pre-COVID, and for a year and a half, I was kind of locked down. So I, I just 
drove to Moab and camped in the desert for five days and uh, did a lot of reading and writing and reflecting. And, you know, it was, I'd never done anything like that. And it was, uh, it was just great to unplug. I had no cell service. Oh, it was just beautiful. Um, and I told myself after that, I'm going to do it every year. Um, you know, maybe not there, maybe somewhere else, but just, just get away by myself. And, you know, I think reflection is something that we don't do enough of because uh, we're too busy. And it, But it's, I think it's the only way we get better, right? Um, so reflecting on maybe a failed relationship, maybe reflecting on things that aren't going great at work and, and really kind of trying to find your purpose again, uh, whether it's professionally or, 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 or personally. Um, I love to write. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you guys see that in my, in my back blast. I like to make it a narrative. I like to make it a story as opposed to just a list of the exercises we did. And, uh, like I enjoy it and just getting kind of how you're feeling down on paper and, um, embracing the emotions that you have, becoming aware of them and then figuring out where you need to get better. It's hard for me to do that in the course of everyday life between having a four-year-old son and uh, a job that, that pulls me in a lot of different directions. And so I think you have to unplug and get away. Um, and you know, when it comes to faith and spirituality, I'll tell you what, when you, when you wake up at two o'clock in the morning in the middle of Moab desert and you look up at the stars, I, I don't think there's a more spiritual moment than that um, in terms of like, wow, like I'm tiny. I'm a tiny part of this thing. But also th to understand the impact that you can make as a tiny part of this thing. Right, whether it's making someone feel a certain way or welcoming them to the group, or so many different opportunities we have to make an impact on the on the world. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is Steve Jobs. He said, "We're here to put a dent in the universe. Why else would we be here?" Like that's what I think about every day. Is like, how can how can I put a dent in the universe? Uh, and that universe could be one person's life. And so I think just to unplug from, you know, work, from family, from your phone, from so many things, and just to really reflect on how you're doing, um, but in a healthy way, not like a, you know, after a couple of failed relationships, you could kind of beat yourself up a little bit, uh, but to be like, okay, what am I doing well, right? Uh, what am I not doing well? And then how can I be better? And if you, if you reflect that way every day, all you do is learn and grow. And to me, it, it, it also helps with confidence a lot, right? Because when you learn, you feel stronger, better, you know, empowered, so if you learn every day, you start walking up that kind of self-esteem ladder a little bit, and you start feeling a little bit differently about yourself. Well, man, that's phenomenal. I, I love that. And I think just being intentional and giving yourself space to think and, and you know, evaluate the light that your experiences, you know, I think it's, um, oh, you know, I think it's maybe John Maxwell or somebody that says uh, reflection turns experience into insight, you know, and, and so like this idea that we we don't ever create space and so that we never learn you know from what we just experienced uh, i love that you're taking time to do that you, sh you should you should i feel like that's how um mcconaughey wrote uh green lights was he he went on a so you should, I'm, I'm hoping for a roadhouse book one of these days so what, what's funny is my my 13 hour drive to moab i listened to green lights and i was just oh man it was it was awesome so yeah, yeah he uh you know i i don't one thing I always think about is, you know, whether it's writing or speaking or whatever the case may be, it's like, how do you become someone where someone wants to hear what you're saying? You know, like, how do you go from, you know, Matt Minnelli to Matt Minnelli 
someone pays to come speak somewhere, right? Or someone reads what they write because, you know, because they wrote it. And I think it's just putting stuff out there and seeing if it lands with anyone, right? And, you know, I whether it's COTs or, um, you know, I, 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 read a, I write a bunch of blogs for my job, uh, for our network. And typically I write stuff that I need to hear. And if it lands with someone, then it lands with someone, right? Like when I do COTs, it's a message that I need to hear. Uh, and then so when someone says, oh, man, perfect timing, like I need to hear that, like that's, that's just the cherry on top that, that it impacted someone. Uh, but yeah, you know, maybe there's, a, maybe there's a green lights in my future. We'll see. I would, yeah, I, hey, I'd buy that book, man. Uh, curious, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, kind of F3 literature, free delete, Q source, some of that stuff. Is it, how has that impacted your, or has it just throughout your kind of F3 journey? Yeah, I, I read Free to Lead right away. Um, Chad, uh, wait time, gave it to me. And uh, so I read that. And then I, you know, once Slow Pitch's uh, uh, kind of essay made it, his COT made it in there, I reread it again because uh, that was such a cool thing for, I think, F3 Omaha. And, you know, to me, Slow Pitch embodies everything we we should be. And oh, so yeah. just uh, to see him get some attention on that was awesome. Um, you know, it's for me, it's you can always pull something. there. I don't agree with everything that I read in there. Uh, one thing that I had heartburn with, so uh, I'm a huge Jack Reacher fan. And I've read all of his books and they're like, don't be a Reacher. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I've been wanting to be a Reacher for 20 years now. Like I was like, man, this is totally throwing me off. But you know, the, uh, the dolphin and the daffodil really landed with me. Um, because I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I always refer to it as Dharma before, uh, before I heard dolphin and daffodil. It's kind of what, what are you good at and how do you bring value to other people, right? And then what brings you joy? To me, that's the, those are the three that guide what, what you should be doing. Um, and I think a, a ton of people just have no idea. Like in, in having conversations at QSource and other things, people are like, I don't know what, what my dolphin is, what my daffodil is. And I feel like I got a pretty good handle on it. Um, I, I need to polish it up and figure out like who the best audience is. Uh, but I think what I do uh, professionally and kind of what I like to do outside of work kind of all lends itself to, to this thing that I, I feel like I'm, it's in my wheelhouse, right? It's what I'm best at. I'm reading a book right now called Stealing Fire. Uh, and it's about uh, these, you know, Silicon Valley guys, Navy SEALs, uh, all these really impressive people. And what they're trying to figure out is, you know, when you're in the zone, like how do you recreate that all the time, right? So think about what you do best, that feeling you have when you're doing what you do better than anyone else. How do you make that a constant in your life and feel that way all the time? Because candidly, you know, when I step off stage after speaking, it's a, it's a tough feeling, right? It's like an empty feeling sometimes. Uh, but how do you keep that feeling of kind of being in the zone at all times or kind of being your best self? Um, so I really resonate with, with that concept of the dolphin and the daffodil. And, you know, anything you read, you can take some stuff that you love. You can dismiss some stuff you're not super into. That, that's usually how I approach that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, curious if you have any advice for guys, because like you said, I think a lot of our, our, a lot of our packs, right, are like just that sad clown syndrome bouncing through life, just trying to make other people happy. And then you kind of realize, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> there is a bigger purpose, right? There is probably something I'm supposed to be doing. And I think, you know, where I found myself struggling is the, well, what am I actually good at? What do I do better than anybody else? Um, 
because I spent most of my life being arrogant, thinking I did everything better than everybody else. Uh, <laughs> come to find out that's not true. Uh, you know, and so curious your thoughts there. And, um, and, and then just any other advice for F&Gs, site cues, just the packs, anything you'd like to share just from your experience? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think one thing that we, we as human beings commonly do is, you know, we'll, we'll look at our strengths and our weaknesses. And our action item is to work on our weaknesses, right? Where are we, where are we deficient or what do we need to get better at? And listen, that's part of becoming great and becoming the best version of yourself. But where I found the most success and where I find the most happiness is when I focus on my strengths. I mean, you think about your weaknesses, it's stuff you're not good at and probably things you're not passionate about. If you spend all your time on those things, you're probably not very happy. But the things you're good at, you, you like doing, it makes you feel good. You're passionate about those. So, you know, I, I heard a speaker at a conference once talk about, listen, we spend way too much time on our weaknesses. Um, I mean, we need to work on those areas. But if you don't, if you ignore your strengths, then they come down to a mediocre level. And then your weaknesses move up to a mediocre level. And then you're just treading water in a sea of mediocrity. Like, it, you got to work on your strengths. And we do it with our kids, too. Hey, Plague, your son's good at math, but not at art. So let's make him do art all the time. But he's good at math. Like, let's, let's focus on the stuff that we're good at. And so I always tell people, like, what do you love to do and what are you good at? And double down on it. Like, lean into those things because that's what brings you joy and happiness. You know, a strength isn't something you're good at. A strength is something that gives you strength, gives you energy, gives you fire. And so if, if we can lean into things that we like to do and are, you know, good at it. It's not about ignoring the things we don't like. That's part of life, right? We all have to do things we don't like, whether it's Excel sheets or logistics or whatever the case may be. But let's just double down on the things we like doing and the things that we're good at. Um, I think we, I think we ignore our strengths a lot. Um, and, you know, even within the packs, you like to run, run a lot, right? Yeah. You like to do burpees. You're, I think you're the only one who likes it, but, you know, keep doing it. So yeah. it's like, what is, what do you like to do? But then, you know, to, to a great COT that I heard from Slow Pitch, also do those things you don't like, right? Whether that's, you know, donkey kicks or Merkins or, or Mosian. Um, it's, it's a balance of the two, right? But if we're just working on the things we're not good at, I think we're missing a huge opportunity to really sharpen the saw that's got a lot of momentum heading in that direction. Absolutely. That's phenomenal. What... Um... What do you think for for uh, future for you? Where what do you what do you want to do within F three, or where do you see your uh, future kind of leadership opportunity there? Yeah, I you know I I'm a connector. I love connecting people, um, and so whether it's you know at the beatdowns, whether it's outside of it, like I I'd love to get involved in, in in some second F stuff and some some third F stuff, like you know the. The first F, which you which you lead so well, like I gotta I gotta stay consistent on that. There have been times where I've ah two workouts a week or ah one workout a week. The Trident was sometimes the only one I went to because I was the the side cue. So I gotta stay consistent on that. But just you know connecting with people in, in different ways. Um, I think there's an opportunity there. You know I think it's I think a big part of life is finding out what's important to people and make it important to you. And so we got such diverse PAX members who have different interests. Um, so let's explore those and let's connect people who like those and, and do them well. And so I, I love to, you know, just continue connecting people and, um, 
you know, I love what Sparty's doing with the foundation. Uh, I did some mentoring with the Boys and Girls Club that uh, Sparty hooked me up with this last fall. That was just a huge bright light in my life. Uh, so any way that I can, you know, give back, F3 has done so much for me in a short period of time, uh, both physically and emotionally and mentally. And so I'd love to just give back any way I could, whether it's, you know, helping people, uh, you know, doing events, whatever it looks like. Um, I, I don't see this going away in my life uh, because it's become such an important part of it. Uh, and I've forged some friendships in two years that candidly are stronger than friendships I've had in, in 40 years. Yeah. Uh, I remember Vandalay one time during a COT said, I see my best friend twice a year. I see you guys every morning. Like it, that, that's a, that's a crazy thing to think about. Right. And so these relationships that, that I've been blessed and lucky enough to kind of forge with a lot of these guys, uh, I'm just super grateful for them. So I, I just want to keep engaging, keep having fun and, you know, make sure that the packs doesn't get too stiff. I mean, we got to keep laughing at ourselves and, and, and getting a little weird. I love that too. And I, and I think you're right. I, what I've been noticing, um, I think Doppler has kind of put together this D3 group that's really taken off and it's really, um, it's, it's serving a need for a lot of guys. And I think there are other pockets of, you know, kind of, I don't know if you call it special interest or, or whatever, but just where we could, um, easily connect several guys and, um, you know, just get together to regularly talk about something that's on your heart or on your mind or, um, so there's def definitely some opportunity there. I love that idea. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing to me how, you know, you hear something for someone and you remember that and maybe a week or two later you check in and, hey, how's that, how'd that presentation go? Or, hey, how'd your wife's procedure go? Or, hey, how's your son feeling? Like little things like that make a huge impact. And so it's just, it's just you know, being aware of that and, and really being present in the gloom uh, and, and listening. You know, I, I've learned to, I said this at one of my COTs. I think Big One is one of the best listeners I've ever met. He's just like there for you and listens and like asks questions. And, and you're like, wow, I feel generally cared for in this conversation. And that's not a that's not a feeling that I get all the time, right? And so I've learned a lot from him in terms of, you know, just being present for someone, uh, not always having to speak and just be there, you know? Um, and so that can make a huge difference in someone's morning and then their day and then their week. And you, you do a phenomenal job of that. I can think when, when we were getting ready to have our daughter back in November, you know, you would ask me all the time, how's your wife doing? How are you doing? Um, and just reaching out to follow up on those things. And I think that's what, that's important, right? It's, it's one thing to say, Hey, how's it going? Um, and then it's a, a totally different thing to listen and follow up on what they told you, you know, what's going on in their life. I mean, that's where, that's how relationships are built, right? I mean, that's, that's the gold right there. Um, yeah. Tell me about um, just kind of a couple final thoughts from you on on advice for F and Gs and and maybe for for site cues. What um, what sort of advice would you give there from your experience? Yeah, so I think for F and Gs, it's um, I think it's that vulnerability side. Like, um, don't be afraid to to talk about something you're struggling with, right? Uh, don't be afraid to, because if you're struggling with it, I guarantee someone else is. And all of a sudden you got that, uh, you got that relationship. Gator and I recently have talked about, you know, we, we both can lose our temper with our kids sometimes. Like, you know, just, ah, like just get frustrated with them. And we've, so now we talk about it and say like, hey, how you doing? 
oh, still, still losing it, but you know, aware of it a little bit, right? And uh, and so it's just interesting. Uh, you learn about each other, and when someone has a similar challenge, it, it kind of connects you a little bit. So I think that vulnerability is is what I would say for that. Uh, you know, for sight cues, like make it your own. Like just you know whether you're getting it from someone else or starting it fresh. Um, like pour yourself into it and, and like give it a personality. Uh, you know, that's my favorite locations I love to go to. I think of when Armbar opened Top Rope, that personality was swaggy and had a mustache and just was had just fun and weird. And I was like, man, this is awesome, right? And so pour yourself into it and in and, and your personality and, and what's important to you. Um, you know, I even think about, you know, Mother Goose, you know, doing the rosary afterwards that matters to him. Like that's a cool thing that they do at his, at that site, right? And so bring, bring all of yourself to your site um, and to just see what happens. Uh, Cause it's, you know, having a, just finishing up a year at the Trident. Um, I did some weird things there and people seem to have a ton of fun. So. Yeah. Well, and now it's the year of hair, right? I mean, Slick is. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, I can't think of a, a better head of hair to take that flag and, and carry it forward. So. Yeah. I, I can see all sorts of uh, hair band themed uh, workouts there. Oh yeah. Anything else on your mind or just any other thoughts, maybe something we didn't cover or things you'd like to share as guys are listening into your story? You know, I just, I'm just super grateful for this group. Um, and I, and I think we can take it for granted at times, right? You go to four or five workouts a week and maybe you're, you know, oh, I just get up and I go do these workouts. And so just take some time. You know, we talked about reflection, just to, to reflect on, you know, not only the, the unique special quality of this group you know a lot of us have gone down range and we're like wow you know what we have in omaha is pretty special um and that that starts at the top with wait time and now tater todd who you know lights up the gloom with that big toothy smile of his um but just to not to not only to reflect on what we have but on also what we bring right um you know early on someone said you know you might think you needed F3, but F3 actually needed you just as much. Um, and to, to really have that balance and understand that, yes, I get a lot out of it, but I also have the ability to bring a lot to it um, is one of the coolest things about this group. And so uh, I think it's got to have, you got to have both those. You got to be grateful for what you're getting, but also be confident in what you bring to the table and knowing that, you know, you're a once in a lifetime shooting star. There's no one in this world that is like you. Uh, and so you can't waste it. Like your, your combination of skills and personality and talents and everything that you are, you are the only one in the universe that has that. And, and if you sit on the sidelines with that blend of talent and, and magic, it's just such a waste. So, you know, jump in and, and get in the game when you can. That's phenomenal. And I, I love that because that's, essentially we all need to hear that right I mean I think you know we get to come to this group be who we are be loved for it and then be supported in, in where we're going and um, I've, I've felt that since the moment I, I first started and it sounds like you have too and I just I hope any new guys coming in that we can be that for them you know I think for some guys this is like the first time you know I think you kind of mentioned it, it's like the first time you've ever had somebody else believe in you or, or care about you in a genuine way and, and want to support your growth. And 
Um, so I, I just love that because we do. We got to meet guys where they're at, um, yeah. which is phenomenal. Well, brother, I'm uh, I'm grateful for you and, and your leadership. And I, I mentioned to somebody this morning, I said, uh, you know, I think I get to talk to Roadhouse this afternoon. And um, they were excited to listen in. They, they were they said, well, I bet that's going to be really funny. And, and I said, well, you know, I think um, in my experience, Roadhouse can be funny, but he's also a really genuine, uh, you know, guy with a big heart. And, and I just think throughout this conversation, you um, just continue to blow me away. So I love you, man. And I think um, we'll take it out in a, in a name-a-rama. And then, um, you know, I'm excited to hear from you how this vision quest goes. Uh, so you'll have to keep us posted. But I'll, I'll start us off. Brandon Flaherty, 36, The Plague. Uh, Matthew Minnelli. 43 today, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Happy birthday, brother. This is great. Hey, thank you, man.